Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Human Factors Cast. It is episode 161. Today is April 9th, 2020. Um, I'm your host, Nick Rome. I am not joined today by Mr. Blake Arnsdorf. He is unfortunately out sick. Now, I know a lot of you are probably wondering, uh, is it that big elephant in the room that we're all hoping it's not? I I don't know. Um, He told me he had a cold and that he understandably doesn't want to push himself any more than he has to. So uh, he will be out today, but we wish him a speedy recovery. And so it'll just be a solo show uh, today. It'll be a shorter episode, um, but it'll just be me hanging out with all of you. And uh, we're going to get into a couple news stories. Uh, But first, I do have a couple of follow-ups to last week. Last week, we were talking about Stadia. And um, as of last week, it was exclusive to those who bought into the $129 option. Um, And as of yesterday, the... Eighth, uh, Stadia is now free to anyone who has a Google account. So, if you are, if that's something that you're thinking about potentially picking up or uh, doing at our kind of recommendation or not recommendation, um, you know, it's something you can go check out. I just wanted to follow up on that. It is, um, especially if you're looking looking for something to do now, uh, it is a it's a great time to get in and do that. Um, also. Uh, follow-up from last week. So we talked about Beeline Reader on the show last week, and uh, the CEO of Beeline Reader actually reached out to us and wanted to clear up a couple things. Um, they actually mentioned us in a tweet on uh, on social media, so that was very nice of them. Uh, but they wanted to reach out and uh, kind of clear up a few things. So they normally uh, offer a two-week free trial, but right now um, they say it's 100% free to all students uh, of all ages, uh, because of the pandemic. Blackboard has also made a document converter, um, which also includes access to the Beeline output format. So that was very nice of them to reach out to us um, and just to kind of give a couple clarifications. So, uh, you know, based on last week's show, you know, Blake and I were pretty positive on the whole thing. So go check out Beeline Reader. It's a, it's a really great tool, um, especially for reading lots of blocks of text. As for the banter this week, it's going to be a little weird because I don't really have anybody to banter with, but I do want to tell you all about my favorite game, Jackbox Games. Um, So I've mentioned this on the show several times, uh, multiple times, to the fact where people might think I am trying to get money or free things from them. It is not true. (laughs) It is just a fantastical way to play uh, with people in the same room. And so um, we actually tried playing Jackbox remotely recently. Uh, which is interesting because you have to figure out the screen share um, and you lack something when you screen share. You don't also, you know, you don't get the uh, the responses in the room and it just kind of changes the dynamic um, a little bit, especially for some games that rely on, uh, you know, people in the same room as you playing these types of games and you know, I was just reflecting on it, and it's a it's a similar experience, but it loses some of the magic when done through the internet. And uh, but I mean, it's completely still playable. Some of them, anyway. Some of them absolutely require you to be in person, and that's less fun uh, to try to do virtually. But um, 
you know, as, as long as you can still talk to everyone and still kind of see what's going on, uh, it can still be a fun experience. So if you're looking for something to do uh, during the downtime here uh, during this pandemic, you can always pick up a copy of Jackbox Games and, and try to play with your friends and family. And that's another great thing to kind of pass the time. I'll put a link down below in the in the uh, description. So anyway, with all that out of the way, it's going to be, like I said, very short episode. So we'll go ahead and get into the news. That's right. It's time for Human Factors News. This is the part of the show where we break down everything related to the field of human factors. And this is normally where I would pass it over to Blake, but instead, I'm by myself. So I'm going to pass it over to myself. Nick, what do we got up first this week? All right. Well, Nick, this week, uh, as the ripple of COVID-19 careens around the globe, it is forcing humankind to innovate and change the way we work and live. The upside of where we find ourselves right now is that individuals and corporations will be more resilient in a post-COVID-19 world. So earlier this week, uh, Forbes actually put out nine predictions of what our world may look like once we have left the pandemic behind. Now, you know, uh, Nick, earlier on the show, we're saying we want good news. This is talking about COVID-19, but I I will uh, kind of say here, you know, we're looking forward. We're looking at a post-COVID-19 world here. I still categorize this as positive news, and hopefully you do too. So they put out these nine predictions here, uh, and I wanted to talk through them because I think a lot of them touch human factors in a lot of different ways. And so with that, I'm just going to go through the list, and then maybe I'll chat through each of them. Um, so we have more contactless interfaces and interactions. We have strengthened digital inter infrastructure. We have better monitoring using Internet of Things and big data. Uh, AI-enabled drug development. We have telemedicine. We have more online shopping, an increased reliance on robots, more digital events, and a rise in esports. So I'll just kind of go through this list and kind of talk through each one. So starting with contactless interfaces and interactions, um, you know, this is something that I've actually seen uh, since the pandemic hit, you know, if you go to a drive-through now, they hold out the pen pad for you to put in your card so that way there's not as many hands on your card as you might get you know previously where they take your card swipe your card do all that stuff um additionally i think a lot more people are going to be sort of uh hesitant to shake hands with each other i think you know a new greeting might be uh an elbow bump or a bow or like a you know something a wave or something like that uh it will change human culture and it's interesting to think about how we will change as a society once uh this is all over now, even getting away from the society, I think technology will play a big role here once, uh, you know, they talk about machine vision and gesture-based interactions, uh, especially with technology here. And I think that's another important note is that once all this is done, we're going to be doing a lot of contactless voice interactions, gesture-based interactions with the technology to allow us to uh, limit the amount of physical contact that we have with these. Jumping into number two here, strengthen digital infrastructure. I think a lot of us can already see some of what's going on right now. So with everybody kind of telecommuting and straining internet infrastructure, um, 
you know, with playing a bunch of games online or streaming media uh, from various places in the world, I think a lot of these companies are starting to kind of rethink how they are uh, manufacturing their infrastructure. And, you know, I think we can think about sort of these digital solutions as kind of a permanent stay now, right? Maybe we have these meetings, these lessons, these workouts um, continuing through regular life after this. And maybe this was kind of the catalyst to making these digital types of things more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, more acceptable socially, because now everyone's done it. It's not just the introverts who stay inside and play D&D games from their computers. And I'm not speaking from experience there. Maybe I am. But y you get the point here is that digital infrastructure has, has changed drastically in the last couple months. And I think going forward, we'll absolutely keep that. Their third prediction uh, from Forbes was better monitoring using Internet of Things and big data. So this kind of gets back at something that we talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, which was kind of looking at all the data and things coming out of this virus and how, how we can kind of use that to kind of track these national or global early warning systems or how they can inform those early warning systems, rather, and by using GPS data... Um, you know, we, we the article we talked about on the show was how GPS data can kind of track who's been where and who's been infected. And, you know, I think the more we learn to use these types of big data, especially with something like this, we can definitely transfer that over into other early warning systems um, and potentially, you know, nip future pandemics in the bud early if we can if we can sort of take this data and run with it and have a model for going forward, you know, we can say, oh, look, this is how it's spreading. We can put, you know, we could be more prepared next time. So number four here, uh, AI-enabled drug development. I don't really have a whole lot to say on this. Um, AI helps humans, and it will just help things go faster because instead of now humans doing the manual labor, computers are doing it, uh, computers are basically trying to figure out everything for us and we're just kind of the auditors and that's fine. Um, it kind of makes things go faster. It, you know, hopefully this will inform future efforts to make AI and drug development and um, kind of set the standard for how we go about drug testing in the future, especially when we need such a quick turnaround for things like this. Number five is telemedicine. And this is something that, uh, I wish Blake or Elise were on the show to talk about because this is um, a really cool thing, I think. So telemedicine, te telemedicine is basically when you are at home and you Skype your doctor or whatever, and basically this can reduce the load on hospitals because um, you don't have to have as much people in one place. You don't have to... Um, kind of expose yourself to potentially, uh, like hospitals are kind of a, a, a festering bed of disease if you go there, right? I mean, people go to the hospital because they're sick. Uh, and so if you can stay away from those environments and still get checked out by your doctor remotely, um, that not only increases the total number of patients a doctor can see because they're not running from place to place trying to see more patients they can also kind of it, it, it's just a good thing all around right it, consultations can be done through video you don't have to rush to the doctor people can just 
do it in the comfort of their own home. And so like if you have sort of these relationships set up with your healthcare provider, I don't know, it's it's very cool. Because like let's say you get the, the mysterious bump on your arm or something, you can just take a picture of it, send it to your doctor, and they can go, oh, yeah, that's X, Y, and Z. Or I don't know what that is. Let me send that. Let me forward that to a specialist. And it's like medicine is done over email. And that's kind of cool to me. I don't know. It's a really cool concept. Like I said, I wish Blake and Elise were on the show to talk about this. Maybe I can ping them for some more information. Um, Or you guys can go and ask them in our Slack channel. Speaking of Slack, we're going to take a quick break uh, with a quick little commercial. And we'll be back to break down the rest of this one singular news story right after this. Human Factors Cast strives to bring you the best in Human Factors chatter every week. We pack news, interviews, reviews, and overall fun conversations into each and every product that we put our seal of approval on. But we can't do it without you. You see, the Human Factors Cast network is 100% listener supported. All the funds that go into running this show come from the listeners. That's why we're giving back to our supporters on Patreon, now more than ever. Pledges start at just $1 per month and include rewards like 24-7 access to our exclusive Human Factors Cast Slack channel, personalized professional reviews, and Human Factors Cast Infinite, a Patreon-only podcast where the topic is human factors, etc. We're always updating our rewards, so stop by patreon.com slash humanfactorscast to see what support level may be right for you. Thank you all, and remember, it depends. All right, and we are back. You know, I always mention it every week, but uh, one thing that's not mentioned in our new Patreon or Patreon commercial is our new effort to kind of get out these Human Factors Minutes. Now, this is something that Blake and I are very proud of. We mention it every week, uh, but it is a highly produced, highly researched kind of one-minute slice of Human Factors that you can get to every week. And if you're finding that these episodes are too long for you, even though we've shortened them, and this one will be very short... Um, I think this is a good way to still kind of keep your human factors juices flowing. Um, It's on our Patreon. Again, it's something that we are very proud of. Uh, It's, you know, we have a year's worth of stuff. Well, I mean, we did it in uh, last month. We had a year's worth of stuff up in there. Uh, And so now we're at like, what, 11 months. But still, we have a lot of stuff up there and we're always producing more um, just up there ready to go. I think this is a a great thing for you all to check out. you know, again, if you can donate to something that will help relieve COVID-19, please do that. But if you do find yourself with some disposable income and want to help support the show uh, to keep us afloat as well, you can always do that at Patreon.com. Now, before we continue, I do want to thank our friends over at Forbes this week for our one juicy news story this week gave me a lot to talk about by myself. Believe me, I'm surprised looking at the timer right now, and I'm at about 15 minutes. Didn't think I could do that by myself, but here we are. Anyway, if you want to follow along for more of our news stories, you can follow us all over social media or join us on Slack for links to the original articles. Now, we're going to get back to that Forbes article here and talk about the remaining four predictions for what's going to happen after uh, a post in a post-COVID-19 world. So, number 6 here is more online shopping. And, you know, it's no secret that a lot of us are here stuck at home and we want to reduce the number of interactions that we have with other people. And so if we can kind of reduce that interaction to just one person that delivers our stuff, um, then I think that's a great move. And so there's, uh, you know, there, there's obviously businesses out there like Amazon, Walmart, Target that have kind of 
online shopping in the bag, but there are other businesses who, you know, maybe smaller businesses that didn't really have those um, opportunities available to them. And so, of course, businesses react and businesses adapt. And so now we'll kind of see the competition come out and, and we'll kind of see potentially, you know, that there might not even be uh, brick and mortar solutions here. There might be, uh, or locations, there might be, you know, just all digital storefronts and, um, you know, logistics, delivery systems, um, and how we kind of accommodate uh, demand from these types of events will inform how, you know, we go forward with this. So Forbes is thinking there's going to be more online shopping. I agree. All right. Next up, we have increased reliance on robots. And now this is no surprise to anyone uh, listening to this show here. I mean, we talk about interaction with robots and computers all the time. But, you know, in a post-COVID-19 world where we are worried about sort of that social interaction still, uh, interaction with robots might, you know, we, we might have a higher reliance on them, right? And this goes from everything to delivery robots to even robots that we see in a healthcare system. Um, you know, we're starting to realize how these things can help support us today and, uh, you know, sort of encourage the social distancing. Um, and it might even transfer, some of that knowledge might even transfer over into, um, you know, this, this post-COVID-19 world that we're talking about here, this very future optimistic looking world that, yeah, we're looking at that. Uh, number eight, I'm really excited about. So more digital events, right? Because how many times have I mentioned on the show, oh, if only HFES was available digitally, or if only this uh, conference was available digitally and we could do coverage of it from the comfort of our own living room. Now, that would be great, um, especially for some of these uh, some of these events that do share information, right? Uh, I, I know a lot of them are trying to host them virtually and now that they're forced to it's almost like that infrastructure is put in place so why not use it why not get a couple more people to attend get some talking about it and share knowledge share knowledge with other people in the field so that way people can stay up to date and that way we can accelerate learning even further i'm pretty passionate about this one and i'm really excited to see what comes out of this and i'd be very disappointed if many organizations um stopped and did not uh, continue the the trend of basically keeping their events digital at least as an option right you can still hold them in person potentially um, but keep them digital I really love this idea and last but not least here we have a rise in esports now I don't know Blake and I have definitely talked about esports on the show I think it's a it's an interesting thing because with uh a lot of people stuck on the home at home and a lot of actual um, I shouldn't say actual. Let's say a lot of physical contact sports like football or uh, uh, sports that rely on physical abilities. Right. Baseball, basketball, all that stuff is canceled. And so what do we do? Well, the only sporting events that are not canceled are ones that can be done from your living room. And that's esports. Now. There are a lot of esports that are thriving. Um, and, you know, I, I know like in, even NBA 2K is doing 
a um, NBA 2K is doing uh, is playing on ESPN. They're playing these digital games because real players can't play, and people are looking for new stuff to watch. Um, Formula One racing, same thing. Uh, they are doing F1 car racing on t- TV, um, and so it's it's interesting to see that. You know, we are adapting. We are still looking for these types of events that we can come to. And, and if esports continues on at this trajectory, it might become more mainstream. I have a feeling it will drop off a little bit, but I'm hopeful. I don't know. I, I feel like that stigma around esports is going away. And this is kind of one barrier further that we can remove. Uh, so, yeah, in, in short, you know, this pandemic is really affecting all of us um, and even our patients. I mean, I know I'm very frustrated kind of staying at home and even getting out for like an hour long drive along the freeway, not even getting out of the car is kind of cathartic. Um, But it is doing a tremendous amount for some of the uh, infrastructure we have out there. It's doing um, it's, it's making us innovate in new ways that we didn't quite think of um, because it's a necessity now. Right. So, I love this article from Forbes. I'm really thankful that this was the article that we chose this week, and I'm thankful it gave me a lot to talk about. So with that, why don't we go ahead and get into that part of the show. It came from. It came from. That's right. It came from Reddit. So this is the part of the show where we search all over Reddit to bring you topics the community is talking about. Now, this could be anything uh, from anywhere, not just Reddit, right? This this could be Twitter. This could be our Slack. This could be email. If you want something right on the show, please email us at show at humanfactorscast.com, and we will definitely read it on the show. Um, But this is the part of the show where we kind of do the community outreach. This is where we kind of see, get a kind of pulse on the community to see what's going on and so with that our reddit topic this week comes from user buangkun3 i'm probably butchering that and i'm very sorry uh and this is from the user experience subreddit um and so they go the the topic of this one here is how to communicate complex interaction concepts. They go on to write, so I saw one of the openings at Google website. Uh, one of the preferred qualifications is being able to communicate complex interaction. So apart from using visual tools like Sketch, Adobe, um, etc., what other or uh, sorry, Adobe XD, etc., what are some other ways of communicating complex interaction? And I think there's a couple ways to go about this. I think storyboards is definitely one good way to say, you know, the user does this, then the user does that, then the system does this and that, and then it comes back to the user with this finished product. Now, I think there are two different things here going on. There's complex interaction concepts where there is stuff happening behind the scenes and then there's complex interaction concepts that the user has to perform. Now, ideally, you would have a situation where the user is not performing complex interactions and hopefully you can design to that. However, we all know that's not a reality. We know that sometimes users just have to make a lot of different interactions to make something happen. Now, the way I would go about this is definitely through storyboards or through example. I think if you can communicate through example, that is one sort of big um, advantage, right? If you can bring in a prototype and say, 
give a live demo almost, right? I think if you say first they would go to this and then you can see here, you know, it's it's very intuitive and and kind of show them step by step and they can almost and and slow down too when you're doing it because they can almost guess what the next step could be. And if they can and if it matches to what you've designed, that is a you are in good shape. You are in good shape if that is the case. Um again, if you're if you don't quite have that capability, if you don't have screen mirroring or if you don't have anything like that, I would say storyboarding is probably your next best get, uh, your next best bet. Um, but aside from that, I think there are uh, plenty of different ways to communicate complex interaction concepts. Um, and so hopefully that helped. Uh, I think that's going to be it for today. I know it was a very short episode and I know it was only me. So thank you so much for dealing with a truncated episode with me just talking to myself uh, it is like 8.50 in the morning, um, so thank you so much, everyone, for uh, for sticking with me. Uh, if you like the news, let us know what you guys think of the news stories this week. Did you like them? Or I guess it was just one. Did you like it? Did you hate it? You, let us know. You can join us on the discussion on our Slack. You can follow us on any of our social media channels at A-Tractors Podcast. Like I said earlier, if you want to email us, you can do that at show at humanfactorscast.com. If you like what you hear, you want to support the show, you can leave us a review on your podcast medium of choice. Or you know what? Consider supporting us or others on Patreon. Uh, There are many others in need. So, you know, if you do have disposable income, think about potentially uh, supporting something like uh, the cure for COVID-19. That's that's something that, you know, we should all be doing in some capacity to get life back to normal or as close to normal as we can. Um, But if you do support us on Patreon, we are very excited about Human Factors Minute. Think that's worth your time and money. Um, and of course, you can always reach us at our home on the web, humanfactorscast.com. Uh, if you want to wish Blake Arnsdorf uh, to get well soon and to feel better, you can do that at Dope Panic UX. As for me, I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me across social media at Nick underscore Rome. Thanks again for tuning into Human Factors Cast and again dealing with me talking to myself for nearly 30 minutes. Until next time, it depends. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organisations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202, the Human Factors podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do, sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.